Man, I can't believe that happened. Yeah, that, man, that was crazy. Oh, okay, okay. Here, here's the next customer. Yeah. Hey, man, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Where you come from? I'm just down the street. Good, man. Can I grab your ID from you? Uh, yeah, sure. Perfect, thank you. you anything to drink tonight? Uh, no, not right now. Nothing? No. Nope. No pre-drinking? No. Nope. Nothing to eat? No. Nope. You weren't eating anything? I mean, I, had a, I grabbed a bite earlier. What'd you have? I had a burger. How long ago was that? An hour ago. An hour ago. Nothing to drink? No. Alright, man. Have a good night. Go on in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How old are you? Uh, 18, 19. Oh, interesting. Get out of here. <laughs> and welcome, everybody. This is Bouncerpedia bringing you to your weekly podcast. This is Mandy. I got Jeff. And we got a special guest here with us today. I'm Strawberry. No, you're not. You're Scumberry. Scumberry. You're Scumberry. Scumberry, Strawberry. Scumberry. There's Scumberry. Just there's, Scumberry. There's no Strawberry. That is gone. You lost that privilege. There was a Strawberry. There For was. For a period of time. For a period of so, time. So I have heard about this story. Let's start with your name. So why were you called Strawberry first? So the reason I was called Strawberry first, everybody at Dallas has a nickname and everyone got cool nicknames. Everybody got White Belt or Noodles or Hammer. Something noodles is not a cool name. Just noodles <laughs> is, it's cooler than Strawberry. Noodles are more respected. But the reason I got strawberry, it's, it, I wish the story was more interesting, but after we finish our shift, we'll go to Mel's Diner. Okay. And we'll eat breakfast in the morning. And the waitress came over and she was taking everybody's order and she asked me what I wanted. And I was like, pancakes. You know, it's been a long night. I enjoy some pancakes. Sure. And she specifically asked if I wanted strawberries. And I made it a point that I did not, under any circumstances, want strawberries. <laughs> so she's like, yep, yeah, absolutely, loud and clear. About 10 minutes later, she comes out <laughs> with the pancakes and just strawberries all over them and i didn't say a word about it and white belt who was my my partner on door leaned over and he's like oh like there's his nickname strawberry and i was hoping no one else heard it so then that would not be my nickname so the <laughs> following shift i come in and the second i walk in jeff looks at me and says hey strawberry and that's how i got the name okay yeah, I, I wasn't even there for that you weren't there for that no maybe i was we had a different table but i had no idea what was going on i just i got told it was Strawberry, and I went stuck. with it. Oh, so you didn't come up with it? I didn't know. Oh, I thought you did. No. Oh, well, learn something new every day. Oh, that's probably white belt. I probably thank him for that. I wish I got white belt. I should have got white belt, but he came before me, so it's understandable. Yeah, and he has a black belt, not even a white belt. You actually have a white belt. He doesn't have a black belt. Yeah, he did. And why? I don't fucking remember. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Okay, so then how did you get your second nickname that everyone knows you by? Scumberry. <laughs> that's the one. So. Per my understanding, I was the only one at the time who was still going to university. So, okay. so when I was going to university, uh, it was my first year. I was a transfer student that came from Hamilton. Disgusting. <laughs> so because of that, um, I was in a lot of first-year classes because I transferred in. So being in those first-year classes, mm. they try to emphasize working in, in groups for various projects. Right. What came of that is you meet a lot of people. So people ask, you know, what are you taking here? And usually, what do you, what do, you do around here? So I'll, I'll say my major and eventually it would come out that I would bounce and they would ask me where I would bounce and I'd, I'd say here. So because of that I had a lot of friends from university, some from college that would make their way out here because some of the bars here were infamous, or I guess, I guess I should say famous, They're, right? You know, revered. So I had a lot of friends that came out here so I had a lot of friends um, that would routinely come to this bar specifically. Because of that a lot of them were female and then Jeff started calling me Scumberry for uh, unbeknownst reasons. I'm been on reasons because you're a scumbag. All right. <laughs> I preferred strawberry. 
there was a lot there wasn't official nicknames but like a lot of insults too but they were fun i enjoyed them it's it's it creates a sense here of like family for lack of a better term you know kind of like interchangeable yeah something that's a little bit better than your friends and you hear it and you laugh you know if anybody else that didn't work here like a, a patron called me that it'd be insulted but you know if it's your friend or your boss it, it raised morale it was fun i enjoyed it exactly we kind of talked about it with uh in the last episode yeah with the girls but I don't remember how offhand that got, but the nicknames, it brought everyone closer. It made you feel like you were part of the group, and you weren't just kind of an outsider. Yeah. You, you didn't definitely. come in to just work your shift and leave, and if you did, you didn't get that nickname. You weren't brought in on the fun and the jokes and everything like that. You worked your shift and left, and you're probably a pylon. That's true. You know, a lot of times I didn't even know people's real names. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So writing a report would be the worst. I was like, what was his name? And, uh, yeah. Nicole mentioned it to me a few months ago about one of the lawsuits going on, and she said one of the security's names. And I'm like, I literally had to be like, who the fuck is that? I don't know who you're talking about. She said it again. I'm like, no idea. And she said the nickname. I'm like, oh, why didn't you just say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember that, that name. Yeah. So that's fair. Okay. So, uh, like, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So, where have you worked? How did you get started in the industry? What was your kind of career like for bouncing security things like that? Yeah. So initially, I'm from I'm from Hamilton. Disgusting. So when I when <laughs> I was in Hamilton, um, I went to college out there. I, I did some law or legal related programs mm. at, uh, at one of the colleges. I got early acceptance to the University of Waterloo when I came out here. My end goal was to get a, a job in law enforcement. So I started looking around at what I could do. The problem is a lot of traditional security jobs really conflict with university. They have you working 12 hours, overnights, they just don't really work with class. So as I started researching it, I came across, I already knew about Dallas, but yeah. I, was, uh, I, I didn't realize how close I lived to it. Um, so I started looking into it and I said, balancing seemed like the most optimal form of security that was the most practical for school. It was something where I could come in and only work nights. You can get five to six hours in, and I could still wake up early for morning classes. The latest class I would have wouldn't conflict. So I started looking into it, and I became a bouncer. How I specifically got hired with Dallas is I didn't really know how about to go about it. Most jobs you submit uh, either a resume or a cover letter through Indeed, or you use some sort of website. For right. them, I just messaged them on, uh, I believe it was Facebook just said, hey, I, I'm new here to the region, I'm looking to get a job in security, and I believe it was Nicole who told me to send it to uh, a specific email for, I think it might have been your email, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I sent Jeff my resume cover letter, and then I had the interview with Jesse, and I, I got the job on the spot. And it was really, it was a really nice job. I, I really enjoyed it because initially, I'll be honest, I went into it only wanting something that would work well with school, yeah. but then as, as Jeff mentioned, you know, there's a commonality amongst everyone you work with. It's not a massive corporation where everyone's a number and you don't know anybody. You yeah, know, become close here. So even even when I moved on to other jobs, I still tried to come into Dallas once or twice a month. Maybe I just enjoyed the atmosphere. Okay, that's fair. And then, have you worked at other bars as well? Yeah. So I worked at before I started working full time. I worked at I believe four bars at once and then two bars during the pandemic so the four bars that i worked at it was first with dallas um and then i wanted to expand out because i wanted 
only do security. So I wanted to move away from like merchandising and traditional university jobs. Yeah. So I moved on to Pub, uh, Pub on King, because they were also owned by Party Town. It was a pretty easy transition. Yeah. Uh, Phil's grandson's place, and then for a very short time, Becky's. And the nice you thing, dirty whore. well, the nice thing about it, <laughs> there's at least in this region, when it came to the bar scene up until uh, maybe last year, there was kind of like an unwritten rule when it came to bars, and every bar had its night. Mm-hmm. So Dallas would have Fridays, uh, Phil's would have Sunday or Wednesday, Pub might have Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. So I was able to rotate between each one. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely a hierarchy. So Dallas came first, so I did Friday, Saturday. Phil's I did Sunday, Wednesday. Hob I did Tuesday, Thursday. And then if I wasn't needed Thursday, I would go to Becky's. So everybody had their pre-established place in the region. Right. So that's how I kind of got into all the other bars. Okay. Yeah. And then after bar security, what have you moved into? Any, any security, anything like that? Yeah, I moved into more professional security uh, for the region. Um, yeah, just just more professional security. But again, like a, a lot of stuff I got from Dallas has definitely been interchangeable with that job. Yeah. So, yeah, I moved on to more professional, and I'm seeing where that goes. Now, what was your first impression? Dallas was your first bar you worked at, right? Yeah. What was your first impression coming into Dallas working that first night? Because I remember our conversations, and I, on the phone, I'm nice, polite, emails, nice, yeah. polite. Yeah. And then you come in, and you work with me, you meet me. Yeah. What, what was your first impression with that? With you or Dallas? We'll go with Dallas first. With Dallas first. So, I think my first night here was a little bit different than most people's first nights, because my first night here was Frosh Week. Okay. Frosh Week was, if not the busiest night, one of the top three. Maybe New Year's, sure. but it was definitely one of the top three. So, when I first started here, Jesse uh, and Jacob, I believe, were setting up. And as they were setting up, there was already a line. I'm like, oh, it's a pretty popular place. Well, because it was Frosh Week, I don't even know the amount of people that we put through, but I just saw mm-hmm. the masses. I saw an unbelievable amount of people. I've never seen that many people at one establishment before in my life. So my first impression was like, this is absolutely hectic. Like, how do you, I was on door, so how do you keep track of everybody? How do you know who's smoking coming back in? Yeah. How, how do you know who needs to have their ID checked? There were so many people. And I loved it. I loved it. It's kind of it's it's kind of like that old theory where you learn under pressure. You know, you need to learn to swim. They throw you in the water. Yeah, well, here, swim. Yeah. So here, you want to learn how to be security. You want to learn how to be durable. Just do it on the busiest night yeah. where there's hundreds of people, hun- dozens of situations, and, yeah. and you'll I, learn. We, we threw you on exits, I think, right? You did throw me on exits. Yeah. So I had the yeah. clickers. I was trying to keep track. I didn't have to check IDs, but yeah. it's like who's coming back in from smoking. You still have to watch who's smoking. Drinks coming yeah. out. Yeah. People sneaking in through line. Mm-hmm. It is still a lot going on for your first night of going, what the fuck? I, do I really know what I'm supposed to be doing? All right, well, I'm fucking here. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I in hindsight, I had a blast. It was amazing. But it was definitely learn under pressure. And yeah. you didn't really have the opportunity to make a mistake. Just to stop, ask a lot of questions. You can't. And a, a lot of people don't realize that there, there's this misconception when it comes to bars. But... We are held to a very high standard in terms of legality. Oh, yeah. No one can yeah. leave with a drink if they do massive fines, maybe legal repercussions. So you have to be on the ball the entire night. So yeah, I enjoyed it, absolutely. Yeah. And now, do you remember your first impression of me once you met me? Yeah, my first impression of you was you were basically the same as the email, very professional. Yeah. I do remember that. 
What I remember though is that the transition happened soon after. I still remember the first transition where I saw you kind of show your true colors in a good way. <laughs> you were, I was on door and while I was on door, uh, I was checking IDs by this point. So I believe it was the following week. And as you were walking in, as I was talking to somebody, I was checking their ID and I think I had my mouth open for a fraction of a second longer after I left. And you looked at me and you said, shut your cock holster and then walked inside. <laughs> and then I, I believe it was noodles who said like, Oh, he's like that with everybody. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like fun place to wear. And I actually, I actually enjoyed it. You know, um, it, it gave a sense of realism to the place. Yeah. You know, I brought that up because a few weeks after you started, you mentioned it to me. You're like, you're very different than what you said, like how you were talking in your emails. Yeah. I, I, it's almost like I was talking to two different people. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I, I lured you into work here. Now I can firmly berate you as much as I want. That's and I, I enjoyed it because I, I can't describe it, but everything you said, honestly, was much worse, even though it wasn't actually worse, but compared to things that people would say to you outside, like patrons, at least when you said it, I'm like, that's my friend. When they said it outside, I would say, uh, Jeffy's saying way worse. Like, that's not an insult. Yeah. You know, I don't let a guy in. He's like, you know, you're an idiot or an asshole. I'm like, that has nothing compared to what Jeffy talks to me about. So, it's true. Like, <laughs> stay calm under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What sort of things have you learned here that you've kind of brought outside and use in your full time job or that you've just kind of changed in general on? how you deal with things. So I took a lot from this job specifically. The other bars I took some stuff from, but since this was my first one, I've probably learned the most from here. When you work, not only bouncing, I think there was a, a misconception on what bouncing is, but we'll, we'll get into that later. What I took from here are two things that I think have helped me in my personal life and professional life. Number one is confidence. You have to have confidence in your, in your decision making, especially on door. You know, when you make the decision that someone's not coming in, you have to stick by that decision. But you have to do it in a way where you can articulate to the person why they're not coming in, which leads to the second point, which is self-control. We deal with so much in not only security, but specifically bouncing. You know, you have a, a room of 500 very intoxicated people. When you tell someone to leave and they don't want to, you have to be able to stay calm. When they start yelling at you, all their friends start coming. They're berating yeah. you. Uh, eventually, it might hit a point where you, where you have to get physical, but you have to remain in control, not only for your safety, but their safety too. You never want to be held liable for something. Yeah. You never want to hurt them or yourself. So definitely communication and self-control were the two biggest things I took here by far. Yeah. One of the biggest things I noticed you started doing that I personally love is the knife hand. Oh, yeah. I fucking love it. And you started doing it. And I love that you started doing that too. I started doing it because you unintentionally showed me. So whenever I point in a direction, I would, you know, like you do a traditional point with your index finger. I'd say, go that way or go that way. And I remember I was talking to you one night and you said, don't do that. I was like, why? And you said, because when you point in a direction, three fingers are facing the asshole and one finger's facing the direction. So I did it and looked down and I saw the three fingers were pointed at me. So from that <laughs> point forward, I was like, okay, so all the fingers in the direction. And it also looks kind of professional on camera. Instead of like waving somebody off with one finger, you know, you, you point in one direction, you're firm with your action. And with the knife hand, it's very clear what you're trying to get the person to do. So I started doing that after you taught me the meaning behind it. Yeah. Well, that was a military thing, wasn't it? It is. Yeah. Three fingers pointed back at yourself, one pointed at them. And mm -hmm. 
to me, it's just a very authoritative, like, straight to the point. Yeah. And you can poke the fuck out of someone in their chest with it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so even Nicole started doing it. Did she? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, so it's one of my favorite things to do. Just very professional overall. Like, I don't, if you ever see on, on camera somebody kind of waving somebody off with one finger, the way that it's presented kind of looks like they're belittling the someone, like they're talking to a kid, you know, shooing them away. But when you do the knife in and you're not waving, you're just very firm with it, there's just a sense of professionalism that comes with it, which I really like. And, and authority, you know? Yeah. I really enjoy using it. So what was your favorite part about working here? The people I worked with by far. Like, there's a lot when it when it comes to bouncing. I routinely say bouncing was the best job I ever had. Yeah. Like, it is the most fun you'll ever have. Um, but definitely the people that you work with. It's not a traditional job where... Like you mentioned earlier, everybody kind of works and just goes home and you're kind of like a pylon. Here, not only do you have to make quick decisions, but you have to take into account everybody's safety. It's it's unlike a lot of jobs where a, a fight or a situation could start immediately. So you have to respond to that, but you have to have enough confidence in your coworkers to respond with you. And once you're in enough of those situations, and, and Dallas specifically, where we would go and get breakfast after, we would stay late for cleanup, and you'd be assigned those, those kind of tasks. You get to know people on an individual level. And the friendships you build here, like, we haven't, I haven't bounced in general in over a year. I don't think I've been at Dallas in two years. I don't think anyone's years. bounced in over a yeah. year, like Chief. No one has. <laughs> I haven't been at Dallas in, I think, two years. And I still routinely talk to the people that I worked with. So it was definitely that. Like, the friendships and then the kind of interpersonal dynamics you get with people. It was a blast. Best job I ever had. That's fair. I know when I first started working in bars, I had no idea what I was doing, and I like slowly started learning by the people that I was around. And there's always someone that like take you under their wing to show you what you're doing, as long as you're showing that you're willing to learn. Yeah. Right. So that's always important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had to get a, a bunch of people to train me. Like, there's there's so many positions when you come here outside, specifically on door. Yeah. I had uh, Emily training me for yeah. a while there. She was showing me IDs how to kind of tell if somebody is intoxicated. You do your smart serve, but it's it's different actually doing it. You know, Everybody says the bouncer is, is eyeing me down, but, but in actuality what we're doing is we're seeing if you meet any of the signs yeah, of we're, severe we're intoxication. We're looking at you all. Yeah. How you step, how you walk, how your eyes are, what your hands are doing, yeah. if you're falling over. Everything about you, we're 100% judging you. At 100%. And it was kind of funny because you would talk to people and they would say that you're, you're being intimidating. And I'd have to tell them, like, that's not my goal. Obviously, I want you to come in. This is a business. We need people to come in. When yeah. I'm looking at you, we're not checking you out. We're not looking for any – we're actually – we are looking for things negative. We're not doing it because we want to do it. We're doing it because we have to do it. Yeah. I have to watch your hands, your pockets, everything. People try to sneak in a multitude of things. For their safety and our safety, yeah, we are absolutely watching you. We are scanning you up and down every inch of your body to see if anything's out of place. And it, it's paid off. There was a couple times where I found weapons of people coming in. Like in their sock, for example. Like, we are absolutely looking at you. Yeah. We have to. It's what our job is. Yeah. Now, we kind of touched on it before we started recording, but the difference... You keep saying bouncer. Yeah. Do you find that security... I mean, maybe you call it security because we started long ago when it was... A more of a bouncer. Yeah. Do you still think it's bouncing now? No. Or do you just refer to it as bouncing at a bar and security as more of the professional kind of outside with your with your little vest and uniforms yeah. and everything? <laughs> with your little vest and uniforms. 
So I use the terms interchangeably. The only difference, they're both security. Mm -hmm. They're both security. They enforce different things, but the only thing I would, I would make the main distinction is bouncing, whenever I say it, is specifically for bars and nightclubs. If there's any type of alcohol, loud music, that type of scene, that's what I call a bouncer. Um, so for me, they're, they're interchangeable in their job ties. It's the same thing, yeah. just with one key distinction. What I will say is, before I started working here, there was definitely a big difference in what security and bouncing was, and the impression of that. Before I started working here, whenever I thought security, I would think of somebody who wasn't a police officer, wasn't a special constable or bylaw, none of that stuff, but somebody who might check your bags at the airport, maybe the people at the mall, mm -hmm. uh, those type of major locations. Right. When you thought bouncer, before, again, I have to specify before I started working here, I just assumed it was somebody who was you know, 6'6", 300 pounds, and just incredibly violent. Back, back what it was when we made the started sort of thing. Yeah, yeah and, and that was the we, we don't ask you to do anything. We tell you what to do, and then we mm -hmm. hit you and start a fight and drag you out. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in my mid-20s now. When I started working there, it was early 20s, and we never had any of that. And I think a lot of things have changed, obviously, they, they have. But I think a lot of the reasons, it's a lot more structured now. There's a lot more, not only legal repercussions, but the government is way more involved. It, you guys can talk about this better than I can, but before I start working here, not only did I need my smart serve, I needed a security guard license, had to be first aid, I needed all of this stuff to work here. What was that like when, when you guys started? Do you need any of that? When I started, you didn't need anything. Yeah. Need anything. I got grandfathered in, so I've never taken a security test. I've never taken, I've taken first aid for other jobs, but yeah. I never needed any of that. Um, I never did a smart serve. My manager just wrote that I did the course and I passed. And so I've never done any of that. Yeah, same. I never had to write any exam to become a security guard. Because I was already doing it. So they're like, yep, you're good to go. Yeah. So it's like, I remember when I started hiring people and the security license numbers were like seven, eight digits long. Yeah. And mine was five. Yeah. It's like, what? Did, did you write your phone number down here? Like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah, mine. My license number. Like, Jesus. Mine's eight digits too. Uh, thinking back on it, there was a couple people here. Uh, one guy who worked upstairs. This was like six digits. I'm like, that's unbelievable. That's yeah. what mine is six. Yeah. And that all that all that stuff came out of uh, again what we were mentioning earlier. The kind of stigma that what bouncers used to be. It's my understanding that that is the reason why they implemented security licenses. It was kind of an unregulated. A little bit of that, I think, and I think they they just money. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, paying for the course and then paying for the test along with the smart so There is definitely a money aspect to it. Oh. It was different back then because you could, you could be anybody and become a security guard. Like you could be like fresh out of jail and, and be a security guard and do what you needed to do there. Where as soon as you started to get security licenses, anyone that had a background of anything like assault or have gone to jail, yeah, all of them Any quit. convictions, anything like that. Yeah. They all quit and then all, like, security changed. Then it was, a lot of those people left to go do, like, whatever else, but, but you didn't have any of those people anymore. So then security wasn't all, like, the big, huge guys anymore, like you were talking about before. Yeah. It turned into, like, smaller guys, like, like, Mouse. Yeah. A lot yeah. of smaller guards coming in, but they still did the same job, but. Yeah. Like we said before, different. some of those small people, especially Mouse, Emily, those small girls, Shay, they were fantastic. Oh yeah, they yeah. they could talk guys out so easily. Yeah, where I could never, I can't, I can't do that for the life of me. Yeah, 
everyone is, I don't know, necessarily intimidated, but they think I am there just to drag them out. Yeah. And kind fuck, it's shitty to say, but in the end, yes, that is now my job. Yeah. Is I am that last kind of step to deal with. But for the longest time, like that, even when I was just a normal guard, that wasn't my job. I still wanted to try and talk you out, walk you out. The thing that I always kept in the back of my head uh, by being a bouncer, a lot of people, like you said, it is our job to escort people out. But I think the fundamental thing that people forget is that this is a business. We don't allow people in just to escort them out. We want you to spend money. Mm -hmm. We want you to use our services, our products. Yeah. As long as you are within... Within the rules. Within the rules. Yeah. That's all we ask. So when we ask you to leave, you know, you, you have to leave. And I always found, like you mentioned Emily, for example, I could be the most polite person in the world asking them, asking uh, individuals to leave. And they would still try to yell at me or fight me or do things like that. Emily could do the exact same thing. And nobody wants to be the guy known as the guy who punched the female yeah. security guard. So I could be the most articulate, professional, excuse me. Which you were. And they still hated yeah. me. But then Emily could come in, hey, you're leaving. And then, like, yep, absolutely. And just walk out. And I was, I was very confused for a while until Emily ran me through it. She's like, there's it's kind of like a, a biological thing there where, again, you don't want to be the guy who punched the female security guard. But it still happened. It still happens. Absolutely it happened. Yeah. There's, yeah, like like back in the day, like, you almost never saw many female security guards or anyone. Anyone under 5'10", who was just anyone like bigger, like monsters were always in, in there. But then, then things changed, so it made it easier for other people to get in, but you also lost all the monsters, like Jeff here, who, who like, you tower over everybody. And, and that's not... Tower over everybody? You're pretty tall. But like... You tower over most people. Yeah. A majority of the bar you towered over. Okay, but think people have changed in the last 10 years. Majority of people have gotten a lot fucking smaller. Do you think they've gotten smaller? Do you think the demographic has changed? Because when I thought of bouncing when I was like in the 70s and 80s, you thought of like like middle-aged adults who would go to a bar and grab a drink. Now we're dealing with first and second year university kids. Yeah. Do you think, what do you think it is? Well, even when I started, it was... It wasn't like older crowd it still was a younger crowd but it was still like mid-twenties kind of like early thirties I deal with mm -hmm. and kind of down, down at the restaurants were the older people that I definitely deal with but this like here and pub are definitely our demographic is those college students those yeah. university students yeah absolutely but even in general back when I was their age we seemed a lot bigger mm -hmm. 100%. Like, I was probably one of the shorter guys growing up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not that short. No. But, but I was probably one of the, sh the shorter guys, and now, working in bars, like... Now it seems like the, the average height person. of the kids are, like, 5'5", five, 5'6", five. Five, 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 and, like, 120 pounds. It was kind of funny. I would check IDs, and majority of the time, because I was in university, I was around their age, give or take two or three years, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And I would look at them, and I'd... I'd look at their height on their license and almost always I was looking down I'm not I'm not an exceptionally tall person I think you're taller than me Jeff but I would look down I'm like this is if you're not shorter than me you're like usually smaller like you said 130 140 pounds so I don't know if, if you're not eating it I don't know what's going on but it yeah to me it's it's gotten very weird so I'm okay with it because it is easier to grab them and just literally pick them up by the belt and walk them out 
Yeah, yeah, we've had to do that a, a couple times, and I, I off the top of my head, I believe three times I, I had to do that where I had to physically pick somebody up like a child and carry them to the sidewalk if they were trying to fight somebody yeah. or they're trying to instigate. It's always good to, especially on door, to be proactive. I don't want to fight under any circumstances. And sometimes, you know, if you talk to the person and they don't leave, it doesn't mean you have to get violent. You just pick them up like a child. And you can literally kind of, like, chest to chest, walk them back. Yeah. Or, like, the simple, like, hand on the back, hand on the hips. Yeah. Walk them back. So you're, you're getting physical with them, but you're not fighting them. No, absolutely. And there's definitely, there's definitely a response to their actions. And we, we always maintain the legality. Like, we come into disbelief. We can put our hands on you. But in the same breath, we are held to a legal standard. If I ask you to leave and you don't leave, it doesn't mean I can punch you. It doesn't mean I can just drop you to the ground. I have to talk to you a little bit. I can try to you know, soft, softly ask yeah. you to go, maybe medium. And then if, if we there have to There is a, a scale of use of force that exactly. we have to follow. Absolutely. And since we're the sober ones, we're held to a higher standard. You were sober? All the time. You told me. I mean, Shit. I, I wasn't going to drink Shit. anyway. But. <laughs> I guess that makes one of us at least. I was good. Yeah, there was, there was a standard to uphold, and that's what I always found funny, you know, when I when I tell people that I, I used to bounce and they act like it was the Wild West. It was very structured. Yeah. There were a lot of rules, a lot of legality behind it. So when you hear people, you know, they'll, they'll yell at you outside, you know, you're a bouncer, what do you know? It's like, well, I, I know a lot. I, I know the provincial acts that I have to follow. I know the federal acts I have to follow. Yeah. I know what I have to do. I've done the licenses. I know a fair amount to be here. It's not like I just walked in and said, hey, hire me. Yeah. Sure. Well, well you kind of did. You messed up Nicole. Well, I kind of did, yeah. <laughs> yeah the literal when, sense, I did. When you first started, you're like, what What laws do I need to know? I'm like, I don't know, Trespass Property Act. Liquor License Act? Yeah. That was a big one. Basically spurred off the same three things to them, and yeah, you, you can cover most of the shit. Yeah, absolutely. And then I always found, I was learning it in university, but I took more of a, a special interest, because I always found... What worked well for me, especially against intoxicated people because they can't think straight, instead of being physical, why not just be smarter? Oh, it's so fun to belittle them sometimes. Well, because you talk to them and they say, you can't do that. And most times, if you had kind of a traditional sense, you might say, I can do that and I'll leave. But what the approach I like to take would say, well, this is the act, this is the section, this is the subsection. You can look it up. I've provided it to you. This is what I did. This is why I did it. And every time, they are like bewildered yeah. that you didn't just have some sort of caveman you response. You just say... Yeah, like you said, the caveman response, I, because I said Yeah, so, exactly. And then you shove them in the chest. No, you, you articulated your point, and they're shocked. They are shocked, because yeah. they always assume that you're just stupid, yeah. big, and it's like, no, we're, we're all intelligent, we're all smart people here. There's no difference except you're intoxicated, not not. Yeah. And I've done this 5,000 times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are there any stories that stick out in your head of, like, any fights, <laughs> anything like that? There, there's quite a few. There's a lot. Like I said earlier, the biggest thing you get here is confidence and self-control. But there will always be situations that are outside of your control. There was definitely things that um, that happened to you that you, you kind of just take on the chin. I remember the one. Like Big Fat Six? Partly, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. There was one, and I know you'll definitely remember this one. So we had this guy who came in, and um, I don't remember the reason for him being here. I don't know if he had VIP. But he was incredibly intoxicated. So we asked him to leave, and he left consensually. It was fine. Now, the problem was, is when he get outside, or when he got outside, rather, he tried to use his military prowess to get back in. He started belittling us, and he started saying, you know what I, what I fight for? I fight for your freedoms. I fight so I can do uh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this guy. So we're talking with them. And again, when you're on door, like, violence is 
not an option. You, it's the, like the last option because you want to talk to people. I want repeat business and it's just not my, my cup of tea. So we talked to this guy for maybe 45 minutes to an hour and it was kind of like a roller coaster. There'd be some points where he would go to the military part and then he would apologize and say, you know, I'm going to leave now. I'm sorry. I was a hard time. And you go back up to the military part, let me in, respect me, and then back down. So after a couple roller, co- roller coasters, myself and White Belt, we're talking with them hour, hour and a half at this point. And eventually it got to the point where we had to be a little bit more authoritative and say, you, ha- you are now trespassing, you need to leave. You do get tired of saying the same thing. You do. Over and over. There's and they, only, they do get on your nerves. There's only so many times that I can tell you you're trespassing. There's only so many times I can tell you you have to leave before I have to physically remove you. Yeah. But that didn't happen in this situation. What had happened was at the hour 30 mark, he hour 30? Approximately. Like an hour and 30 minutes. An hour and 30. Hour and 30, my brother. Yeah. He walked up to White Belt, and I don't remember if he pushed him or shoved him or like stuck his finger in his face or something. But at that point, in my head, I'm like, we just talked to you for like an hour and a half. We're being polite, professional. Yeah. And he like shoved White Belt back. And before we could do anything, you came up and like just bear hugged him and just took him on the ground. Now, at that point, we did, I believe we placed him under arrest for assault. Yeah. And the issue was, is coincidentally at that exact same time, the police were dealing with a kidnap victim in the countryside. So every unit they had was out there trying to find this car. So we had, Jeff, approximately how much do you weigh, roughly? Uh, usually hover between 380, 390 back then. So let's say on the low end, for, for his sake, you were 380. I was heavier back then. I was probably 260. We had you and myself on top of his arms, and we had Josh on his legs. Josh came out later. Josh came out later. Because he was flirting with a girl. Yeah, I remember that, <laughs> and I was kind of annoyed that he did that. <laughs> Sounds about right. But we had this guy pinned. We called the cops, or the police rather, three or four times, and we just kept getting they'll be there momentarily. Yeah. And they showed up, no word of a lie, 50 minutes later. It was. Of having this guy pinned on the ground. And like fighting. And Fight people it. are coming out, and they're doing the whole, let him up, he, he doesn't need to be on there, he's not resisting. Yeah. It's like, very traditional, you know, yeah. I don't know the story that led to this moment, but I know this moment, so let's create an opinion. Yeah. No. If, if they saw the over-hour conversation we had, if they saw the assault that he committed, I, I feel like their opinion would be different. No. But yeah, they started surrounding us, making a circle. We're trying to talk to them. Some of them, some of them understood when we told them, like he assaulted us. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. But obviously, you have those diehard friends of the person, like, you know, oh, I swear to when when you get off and oh, we're going at it. Yep. It's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I and don't then, know. What to tell you. And then one of them pushed you or something. Yeah. So, so, so what did you do? So the guy pushed me. His friend pushed me uh, from behind. I kind of launched forward a little bit. So I got up, and I was going to arrest him for assault as well. Yeah. But before I could grab him, uh, Sean grabbed him. And I believe Sean placed him under arrest for assault as well. Now, the problem was, is I was on the guy's right arm. And I didn't find out until after the fact. But after I got off his arm, I believe he punched you. He sure did. He, like, came right under, rocked him. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, this arm is free. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck it. And just threw it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened with that in terms of the legal sense. I don't know if he got another charge, but um, the story does have a happy ending. So coincidentally, and correct me if I'm wrong, but coincidentally, since he was in the military, his commanding officer was your brother. It is. It so was. It was. It was. And I believe he was discharged after that? Uh, he ended up, I don't know the 
full military end of it. Yeah. But he got reprimanded. Yeah. For his arrest, and I don't know if he quit or got kicked out because of it, but yeah, he basically left the military because of it. What I remember the fundamental issue was is that your you told your brother what happened and. I believe your brother asked him if it happened, and he said he no. He lied about it. Yeah, he, he said, said he didn't get arrested. He didn't get in a fight. Nothing happened. Yeah. So, obviously, in, in security, and I would hope it would be the same in military, integrity is very important. So, I, I wonder if the consequences would have been the same if he just said, yeah, I did that. Probably. Probably. Because it's not a... It still would have been bad, but mm-hmm. not his word. Yeah, it's not, not a big deal, everyone. Not everyone, but a lot of people in the military get drunk and do stupid fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a uncommon thing. It's true. But yeah, my brother told me, and I laughed. I laughed hard. Yeah, I definitely. I, I try not to have any emotional or personal ties and things. But that one was enjoyable. You you did everything you could to be professional, and then he assaults two bouncers. Yeah. At that, it's you know there was some good justice there. It was another story, and this story is far worse because it resulted in. Uh, not a significant injury, but I'll, I'll explain. So this was New Year's, I believe 2019 going into 2020 or the year prior. I was on door and we have paid duties on New Year's because there's so many people that we have to ensure everybody's safety. I'm going to think this is 18 going into 19. Because 19 and 20, you weren't around. I was not. Okay. So it would have been 18 going into 19. As I was on door, uh, I was I believe I was on exits or, or checking IDs. This officer well, comes up. Only two spots on doors. Yeah. So well, you, no, well no, because we also had people doing line control and smoke pit that night. Specifically, but that's not door. Not door. Okay, fair point. So I had this officer come up to me and he said, "We shouldn't let that female in." I saw her around the corner throwing up. I don't know if you guys saw it. I was like, "Okay, yeah, absolutely. We won't let her in. It's no skin off our back. The bar is full. We got people in line. We can yeah. ask one person to leave. We didn't care." So she comes up to the door. She tries to go in. I say, "Excuse me, miss." Unfortunately, you can't come in. I think you're too intoxicated. You're not allowed to come inside. Tonight. Yeah. And, of course, she starts yelling and, and screaming. I said, yeah, you have to leave. So she tries to push her way in. So myself, or I believe it might have been the officer, but one of us put up her hand, and, and she kind of stopped for a second. And then she tried to push through again. And myself and my officer, or the officer, rather, put up our hands, and she slipped, and she fell in, and she fell pretty hard. So my first concern is obviously, like, medical. What do we need here? Is she injured? Is she Okay. So she proceeds to get up immediately as myself and the officer are holding our hands out for her to help her up. So when she gets up, she looks at the officer and just boots him as hard as she can. Just like punted it, like an NFL prospect, just need him. So the officer placed her under arrest for obviously assault. Yeah. Since it was a female, the officer requested a female officer come over. So a female officer did come over. Wasn't she working there with us anyways? I think she was, but she was somewhere separate. She wasn't on board. She was walking around, but she was there. So he calls her over, and they're escorting the uh, female subject to the car. Across the street. Across the street. uh, Across from Dallas. So as they're walking, I didn't see this happen. I did. But (laughs) Jeff did. So what did you see before I go on? Okay, so there was an altercation with a male earlier in the night. Mm -hmm. He ended up running away. And the cops are kind of, whatever, he's gone, problem's done. Yeah. And I saw him walking across, like, the street in front of the building. I'm like, hey, there's that guy from earlier. I figure he's just walking across the street, kind of like, going to do his normal 50-yard hero, chirp from across the street, fuck you guys. Yeah. 
So I kind of, I was watching him. And then I'll let you finish with the story of kind of what happened from there. So per my understanding, I believe the female officer was punched in the back of the head yep. by the guy. What? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely dropped her. Yeah, so uh, the constable was putting the girl in the car. She just, like, buckled, buckled her in and was standing back up. And the guy came in and literally, like, just socked her in the back of the head. And I remember looking at Josh like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, you just hit a cop. Hard. You're fucked. So after that happened, I it, the only way I can describe it is, like, when Moses spread the sea. Because all these people just made a clear line of sight where I could see across the street now. They, like, just split. And Josh looked and just yelled my name. He just yelled Cal. He just yelled Strawberry. So I looked up and just, I didn't even know what happened. I just sprinted across the street as fast as I could. And when I sprinted across the street, the guy was already on the ground, but he was fighting hard. He's kicking both officers. He's punching both officers. So I was able to do some uh, like martial arts stuff and hold his arm. So eventually we were able to get cuffs on him. After we help him up, we, we put him against the car. And while we're opening the door, he headbutts an officer. He tried to swing on me, but I backed up. So he headbutted the officer. So we place him in the car and he's kicking us because we put him in head first. So the officer goes around to the opposite side, grabs his shirt and just pulls him in like, like a tent or something, just rips him in. So by that point, he assaulted three police officers. And I found out later that was his girlfriend Mm -hmm. that got arrested and she assaulted two police officers. So that was probably the most wild story I got from here. Yeah. So this is the fight that I've talked about before, where yeah. the bartender came across the street and tried to get bar keys. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Who was that? Uh, that was Kristen. During the fight? Yeah. It was like, the fight ended, we were just kind of getting up, like, yeah. standing up, and she was there asking for the keys. That was by far the most wild situation. I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Like, by that point, because obviously, like, when an officer gets assaulted, you call it in, I'm assuming, that they do. And when I turned around... I don't it was know if like, they do it right away, but... Maybe was, not right away. It was definitely after. But when I got up, there was now multiple cruisers with multiple officers. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Because, like, my head is buried in this guy just holding him on the ground. Mm-hmm. And when we finally get him up, I turned around, and there's, like, sergeants and yeah. constables everywhere. I'm like, holy... Yeah. And I think I, there was definitely a big, like... We're in a fight. Yeah. It's and yeah, a little more like serious. Security's there. We're there to help. Yeah. They weren't in, like, danger. No, absolutely not. Because it was still four on one. Yeah. With the two constables, me, Josh, you ended up coming over. Yeah. And I remember, like you said, I mean, they weren't in danger, and I remember all those officers, but I doubt that they went on their radio and said, you know, officer was assaulted. Don't worry. We have security. Yeah. Disregard. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I came up. It was like an army was there. Yeah. Justifiably so. It was definitely a, and that was like right after midnight. Yeah. Because I remember going down to my office and doing reports with Josh right after. Yeah. And like, oh, this is a fun fucking New Year's. And you knew it was going to be bad because on door, uh, when you're on door, you, you get a call, if let's say hard. And that means you have to open up the door because someone is fighting hard. And by that point, off the top of my head, maybe seven or eight people, which is way more than normal. Yeah. Maybe you get like. For New Year's. Especially. For New Year's, yeah. You, you get a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, you get a fair amount of people who are walked out, you know, consensually, yeah. voluntarily. You might get one or two hearts a night, but this was before midnight, and we were approaching double digits of hard kickouts. So you just knew it was going to be a bad night. Yeah. yeah. And then 
what happened. Yeah, it was definitely one of the, the more interesting New Year's for one, but still kind of fights I've been in. Very few times do people actually want to hit a cop, yeah. especially in the back, out of nowhere. Yeah. It was but, very weird. I don't know what you were going to gain from doing that. Yeah. Like, you think all of a sudden you hit this cop, you're going to knock this cop out, we're going to stand across the street and watch, and then another cop's going to come around the car, you're going to knock him out, and you and your girlfriend are just going to go along your merrily way while she's handcuffed? Well, it's the exact same thing when people think it's a good idea to fight the bouncer. Obviously, fighting police is, is far more extreme and a lot more repercussions, but it's the same thing you have with the bouncer. When we ask you to leave, and there's three of us, do you really think you're going to beat up all three of us, walk out, or maybe not even walk out, you're going to beat up all three of us, grab a couple drinks, dance with your friends, and just walk out, go to bed on your merry way? Yeah. We've never lost. I was going to say, has, has that ever happened where a fight went on and you went, you know what? This this isn't this isn't this isn't for me. We're gonna let more you than go. I could chew here. We're gonna like, let you go. No, that's never happened. When we make a decision, and you have to be one hundred percent sure of your decision, but when you make a decision to kick somebody out for intoxication or fighting, you have to be sure. Yeah. And when you're sure, we stand by our decision, unless it's an extreme circumstance. So, for example, I, I heard a story where this guy appeared intoxicated, but he had some sort of a, a muscle disease. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we let. Of course, of course, that is an extreme yeah. example. If we see somebody intoxicated or fighting, you're leaving. We have to stand by that. So, of course, they say, you know, oh, you're all big yeah. outside or with all your friends. It's like, you can have your, your own opinion. You're still leaving, regardless. And no one ever, we never lost. That's the thing that people always forget. You either leave consensually or we help you leave. But bouncing is... You're leaving. One, you're leaving. One way or another. And you can swing as hard as you can. We have 15 guys in here that will just carry you out. That's true. Have you you ever seen someone you kicked out aggressively outside of the bar? Has someone ever seen you in the streets? Not not in the streets, but it did happen a couple times. Um, obviously, like, like I mentioned earlier, being in university, you do see a lot of the people yeah. that you see at the bar. And so there were a couple classes where you got to get the eye quick. Like, they're trying to not size you up, but they're trying to look at you to make sure you were the guy from that night. Yeah. Majority of the time, when we kick somebody out, they're so intoxicated, they're not going to remember. Sometimes you get those people where it's like a personality issue where they just love fighting. So those people will recognize you either at the gym yeah. or in class. Uh, but of course, they never say anything because now I don't know if in their heads they think that the bar is lower and there's no repercussions. There's equal repercussions. But in their head, I think they're thinking, well, now I'm in class. You know, we're going to have special constables come if I yell at this guy in, in university. So they, of course, never said anything. Yeah. So. I guess also in, in class, you just don't want to get expelled out of school. Yeah, we're getting kicked out of a bar. It's, That's dumb. And when they're drunk, I 100% believe that they wouldn't care. Like, if they're drunk in class, I think they'd say, fuck it, let's just go at them. But yeah. now that they're sober, they have rational thought. I think they're like, that was a bad decision. I probably deserved it. And even if I believe I didn't deserve it, I'm not going to do anything about it. That's fair. Like, I've had times where I've seen people that I've kicked out or had an altercation with something out, like, in a bar, and then I see them out and about. Um, sometimes they come and just apologize. They're like, oh, man, I was so yeah. I was so drunk, I apologize. Like, So that that's actually worked in my favor. Absolutely. I've never had that in the street, but I have had that following weeks. So if I kick somebody out on a Friday, they might come back next Friday different person you wouldn't even recognize them yeah. and in terms of personality to say i'm so sorry you know alcohol got the better of me this will never happen again and i will say in, in all fairness a vast majority of the time they were right 
we never really did have an issue with them again. Sometimes there, we did. there were, of course, some people where it is just that person's yeah. personality where they're going to be this dickhead forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As soon as they drink, it just changes. As soon as they drink, doesn't matter if it's here, Phil's pub, yeah, wherever they go, you know when they come in, this person's going to be a problem. I've dealt with them, yeah, so many times. Yeah, absolutely. We had a. Not an, it wasn't an unofficial list because it was still a list that we enforced of people um, that we would ban. But if we didn't know their name, they had very distinct characteristics. Yeah, so, you, like, you don't always remember a name. No. On door, you remember faces 100%, very well. 100%. You know, if you're, especially if it's the face of someone who tried to punch you, yeah. I'm probably going to remember you because you tried to assault me. So we would have things, for example, if they wore a specific type of jewelry, we'd say, oh, that's, that's the guy with the cross. Yeah. And we, we all knew because the door guys were very consistent. Yeah. So we could identify these guys from a mile away. And you knew before they came up. We were not letting them in regardless, but we knew they were going to be a problem. Yeah. Do you miss doing the security? If everything was normal, do you think you'd still be doing it? When, when things open back up, you're going to come back to it? So there's, a, there's a lot to unpack there because... I miss it when I first started with the group of people that I did it with. You were very close with those people, very consistent with those people, and it transcended just working. Like, I remember we would, like, go and get sushi. Like, we would not even just get breakfast after the shift. On our days off, we would go and eat. We would hang out. So I miss that aspect of it. I, I miss bouncing what it was like when I first started. We, we might get into this later, but I, I think you guys would agree. There's definitely waves in years. For sure. You kind of base it based off Frosh Week. You say the next four months are going to be great because the first night everyone was really nice. Yeah. If you have a bad first night, you might say, well, these next four months are going to be rough because all the first years are assholes. Mm -hmm. So if, if we could guarantee that it would only be good and everyone was consensual and, and everyone was volunteering leaving, it'd be sick. That would be so is, boring, though. It at, would be if boring. If you walk up, touch more time to leave. Okay. I would love that. I would definitely love that. I would that. love that. This would be... That would be boring as hell. This would be easy money to hang out with your friends, like DD, be sober, but at the same time, enjoy the club. I would love that. The problem is, is that everybody that I worked with is basically out of this industry now, either forcefully through COVID or they quit prior to it. Yeah. I've basically gotten everything I can out of bouncing in terms of self-control and, and confidence and, and you know understanding the legality of what I can do. I've gotten a lot out of it. I'm very thankful for it. But I don't believe I'll come back. You mentioned it earlier in terms of physicality, but I'll go one step further. The people that I was dealing with near the end of bouncing were far different than when I started. Mm -hmm. These are people who watched too many episodes of Cops, too many episodes <laughs> of fucking CSI. They'll look at you and you ask them. I remember this one kid I asked him to leave. He's like, what's your reasonable reasonable grounds to do this yeah. I was like, I'm not a cop you can just leave like yeah so when they start doing that and it, it's such a weird combination of they want to know their rights but they don't know their rights but they try to use legal mumbo-jumbo and it gets to the point where everybody claims that their dad is the chief or their brother's a lawyer or their sister's a cop everyone's, and it's just like everyone's man, parents everyone's yeah. parents own this bar and it's it gets to the point where you know what man this used to be so fun and I used to love talking to people, and I used to love coming in, and it got to the point where I just don't anymore. Yeah. You ever gotten the people of, do you know who I am? All you the have, time. Do you have a good, do you know who I am story? All the time, and every time, oh, story? Yeah. No, only because every time they'd ask me, I'd say, I don't know who you are, so it can't be that important. I don't know who you are. 
there would be some random things like my, my dad owns the bar. Well, no, because I know the guy who owns the bar, and I can just go in the back and ask Jeff, does this guy actually own the bar? Like, his dad owned the bar. There was never a story like that um, that was so distinct, because the problem was is they would claim that their family are some higher-ups. But if they ever went down that road, I just disengaged. I said, I'm not going to go back and forth on how important you are. I'm going back to the door. You're just going to leave, and I would just leave. I never entertained that. If yep. they ever asked me... Why did you kick me out? I would explain to them. If they ever said the legality, of course. But I'm not going to turn this into a competition of who's more important. Well, back to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in all actuality, it is me. You know, I don't own the bar, but I'm an agent of the bar. Yeah. I work for this bar, so yeah. I'm far more important here right now. But I'm not, I don't, I don't get into that. You know, that's just an, a useless argument. I have a job to do. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Hmm. On slow nights... It did help pass the time sometimes. Yeah. But same time, talking in circles gets the best of you. Of course. Like, you can have... I, I always prided myself on my patience, but there's only so many times that I can tell you you're too intoxicated, you have to... How do you know? Well, there's mobility issues, you know, having trouble standing, you can't control your voice. Okay, so why are you kicking me out? You're intoxicated. How do you know? And then we would just go in this thing, and I was like, the worst. I, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, yeah. do you want me to just lie? Like, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear, or do you want to hear the actual reason? There would be points in time when I would be in that, like, loop, and I would just kind of go with it for a little bit, and then I would just say something ridiculous. Like, why are you kicking me out? I don't like your shoes. 100%. That's yeah. That was a big line I was with. Your shoes don't meet dress code. Yeah. My shoes, you can't do that. Well, yeah, I can. And then that starts a whole other loop. Yeah. So I actually didn't know that. Uh, since when I started, I was still a first year here, so I was slowly going through, you know, my, my legal studies... Uh, degree, and I didn't know that when you told me that. You said, just tell me, like, don't like their shoelaces, for example. Like, this is our establishment. We can make up the rules we want. And even if there wasn't a rule, we don't have to let you in. It's it's like somebody coming to your house. Mm -hmm. I don't need a reason not to let you in. I don't need a reason to ask you to leave. You're just going to do it, because yeah, yeah. this is ours. And after you told me that, I, I used it a couple times. I'm like, honestly, just because of how you're acting. I just, just cuz. It's not against policy. It's not against a rule. It's not a law. I just don't like how you're talking to people. 100%. Yeah. And that, that seemed to like really piss them off. Is you don't you don't like my attitude? You don't like the way I'm talking to people? No. The fact that you bumped into someone, it happens, no big deal. Yeah. But then you eye him down and you mumble something under your breath. I I'm not gonna I'm no. not dealing with this shit. You walk into a bar that has six hundred people, you're probably gonna bump somebody. But yeah. again, we, we mentioned it earlier with the personality differences. Some people would say, My bad and both parties would say, Yeah, no worries. You might take it a step further and say, hey, I'm sorry I split your drink. I'll buy you another one. Very rare that's happened. Very I rare. Think. But then you get those guys who it could be not even a bump. They could just like tap them on the shoulder and say, I'm just going to squeeze behind you. Yep. Then they turn around, chest out, arms flexed. I've had that who are you? so many times. And it's ridiculous. And those are the people that you know only came here to fight. Yeah. Just just for conflict. Only yeah. reason. Yeah. I, I kind of like the guys who are like that. Where I'd always walk around plain clothes, mm -hmm. try try to blend in as much as I can, mm -hmm. and I definitely walk by people and I bump into them, and working. Hey, sorry, no big deal. And then you get the guys who were like, like you said, pop their chest out. Yeah. Watch where you're going. Yeah. No. Yeah. Out of everyone in this bar, no. <laughs> there's probably one guy you don't want to play that with, and that's me. He's like, what are you gonna do about it? Like, well. It's going to go one of two ways. Turn around, apologize. We're both going to go on our way. Or two, you're going to be leaving. Yeah. Oh, yeah? You're going to make me? 
I'm not. But then it's like Josh is behind me, yeah. Sean behind yeah. me. You come up. Two seconds later, the cops are up. And it's, yeah. 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 Lots I, of people. I, I, lots kind of, people. I kind of am. We are, though. That's the thing. The, the funniest story I remember about that one, it, it's only funny in hindsight, but do you recall the night that Elise's boyfriend got assaulted in here? Like, somebody ripped his shirt and tore his shirt. And prior to that, there was kind of, not really a fight, but they were arguing. Altercation. Altercation. So Elise's boyfriend is with Elise, if, if I recall the story correctly. And Elise is like, we're going to go over here. You can go over there. But these guys were yelling at them and starting, starting okay. issues. And Elise is like, like I work here. You're going to stop. Yeah. Like, we're not going to stop. Who's going to make us? And then Elise shined the light. And we all came over. It was like a sea of maroon. Yeah. And we're like, we're all going to make you. You're going to leave. And now that exact same thing happened. And it's just funny to think that in your situation or that situation, it could have been avoided with a simple, my bad. Yeah. And then you both turn around and leave. The dick measuring contest is over. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand it. The best, the best by far, is when you would accidentally bump somebody walking through, they would turn around chest out and then see security and then just immediate, immediate pacifist. I'm yeah. so sorry. It was probably my fault. It's like, yeah. It's all good. Yeah. That was the best. Yeah, it's a bark. We're going to bump into each other. It's not even just a bar. Like, this is, this is, especially here at, at Dallas, there's so many people. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know. Once in a while, yeah. It'd be the worst, like, on really busy nights where you know you're going to be bumped into people. Once like that, and, like, it's so hard to get anywhere. Yeah. Yes. It's like trying to get from, like, one end of the bar for a fight to the other. It's a pain in the ass. I, I'm a big guy. I can yell pretty loud. People will generally move out of my way. Yeah. Especially when they look at me like, ooh, that big guy's mad. Yeah. I'm going I'm to move to the side of the hallway here. Yeah. And I'm just kind of walking normally, trying to get to the fight. 20 seconds later, like, security's running by. Yeah. Eh, it, it, it happens, but... That was always surprising to me. People were usually good at that. If you ever saw a, fla uh, like a flashlight, a strobe going off, and you knew there was a fight, if you just yell, move... First, even before they looked at you, they were moving. Yeah. You could have been some random guy yelling, move, and they would just move out of the way. True. I think that's just nice. part of being Canadian. Yeah. Like, you're sorry. Kinda, you're kind of like, ooh, oh, sorry there, eh? Let yeah. me get out the way. Yeah, exactly. You know, even though I think some of the stereotypes of bouncing have changed, a lot of the guys that I worked with were calm and very educated. One of the stigmas that I guess didn't go away is we were all pretty big. We were all like at least 5, 10, 6 feet, over 215, 220 at least. Some of us were way bigger. Some yeah. of us were maybe even on the smaller, but the smaller end of that is still basically 6 feet tall. So, mm. well, who was the smallest guy we had? He was like 5, Noodles. Nine. Noodles was tiny. But Noodles wasn't, was he small? Like, no, Noodles was fairly big. I, I'll say this. Donut's in, pretty small. But in Donut's comparison... Jacked. In like comparison to the patrons, specifically. Wait, that, were you around for Asdul? No. He was such a good guy. Yeah. Great, Great guy. guy. Yeah. A small, who's Indian, right? Yeah. Indian guy, old man, loved fucking titties. Yeah. Okay. He, he worked, he worked washrooms a lot, especially in like the summer. Because he looked down the stairs so he, and see a lot of He'd see titties or he'd see them coming from upstairs and their titties would bounce. So he liked, he liked working there. To see titties. Okay. <laughs> he was not a big guy. Yeah. Um, Soft spoken. But very quiet. Yeah. Uh, great dancer, though. Okay. <laughs> Even then, 
the people that are on the smaller end, there's usually some sort of authority that comes with it. Like, Emily was a pretty small person, but when she got her voice loud and she was authoritative with what she was saying, like, people listened. That's the military side of her coming out. Exactly. So when you saw that with with either Emily or... I mean, you mentioned Noodles. Noodles is, like, jacked, though. He might not be tall, but he's... Noodles wasn't jacked. He's strong enough to move, like, multiple people, because all these first years, like, 130 pounds. He could, like, push four of them. You know? I I, I I, I don't know. No, I don't, know. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's that big. Noodles, if you'd like to come on and tell your side of this, let me know. But I don't think Noodles was that big. There are so many people throughout my years, it's hard to like zone in on certain ones. Because I've seen hundreds yeah. throughout the years. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I met Noodles. He came up to me, he's like, who are you? And I was like, I work here. He's like, prove it. I was like, I'm wearing a Dallas shirt. <laughs> He's like, where do you work? I was like, front door. And he goes, oh. He's like, who do you know? I was like, Jeffy. He's like, okay then, I'll, I'll leave you alone. He's like, and then he's like, my name is Noodles. He's like, that's your real name? Because I didn't know him that way. I was like, that's your real name? He's like, no. I was like, isn't that a kind of racist name? And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I thought. But you always told me that it wasn't based off race. It 100% wasn't. What was it based off? <coughs> we went over it in the last podcast, but... Um, Pork Chop and Josh were talking, were complaining about not picking nicknames, and they wanted to pick the next one. So they literally just said, the next person we hire, they're going to be Noodles. All because of the burrito place next door, them putting Noodles in the burrito. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they decided the next person that we hired was going to be Noodles. Unfortunate for him. Yeah. And it just so happened to be Noodles. Irony there. So that, that's how that came in. So. so regardless of who it was, if I was next, I would have been Noodles. You would have been Noodles. Oh, okay. Off the bat. Yeah. Can't remember your real name. Yeah. Your name is Noodles. Well, it's funny you mentioned that earlier, too. Like, there were people inside who I had no idea what their name was, yeah. but I was just know them based off nicknames, because we would all meet at the end of the night and kind of go over what happened and anything we have to address. And, like, Jeff, you would yell, like, a, like, like Scumberry, come here. Yeah. Do you have anything to say? Or, like, like Captain, anything you want to yeah. go over? And it was, it was funny looking around. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know half your names, to yeah. be honest. Very very few people, like, you call by their real name. Yeah. Porkchop. Yeah. Do you know Porkchop's real name? Flavio? Yeah. Flavio? You, you have to think about it. I have to think about it, yeah. There are a couple people, like, I, to be honest, I never called Josh Hammer. I just called him ha- yeah. uh, Josh. Yeah. That's just what jo- I called Josh him. was one of the very few yeah. who, like, he has a nickname, but we just, we don't go by it. I also found, too, with Kevin, even though his nickname was cool, like, the, the syllables in white belt. Like, the situation's going on. I'm not yelling white belt. Kev, come here. You know, I am. White yeah. belt. All right, that's fair. I can't, I can't remember his real name. What was... Until you mentioned it. What was Tim's nickname? <clears throat> Waffles. Waffles. That's what it was. Because the pants? Because he tried to fight me in some fucking law jumps. Oh. And he said, you know, you don't want to fight me in my waffle pants? Jesus. No, Tim, <laughs> I don't want to fight you in your waffle pants. Okay, so... Um, Tim was pretty small, too. He was short. But he was he was like a construction guy, like he, like big back, big chest, like he was big. No, he wasn't. Thought he was big. Tim. No. What's your definition of big? Like you were the biggest guy we had in terms of like height and like like strength. Who like compared to you? Of course, Captain's a big guy. You're a big guy. Donuts was Jack, but he's short as fuck. Yeah. A little five foot fucking mi- angry midget. <laughs> um, what was his nickname again? Who? Uh, well, so you said it was donuts, but I could have sworn there was a couple times we called him the professor. 
because whenever he talks, he, there would be like a continuous he would, circling he would back. A, yeah, it, it turned into he's professors out there because he'd go on a lecture. Yeah, and he'd just talk people in circles, saying the same fucking thing. Yeah, over and over. <laughs> So he just give him a fucking lecture like a professor. Yeah. But his name is Donuts. It is Donuts. It will always be Donuts. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those ones that he'd go into that stereotype of professor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is yours? Mine is interesting, actually. Oh. Um, I actually went by Brown Magic. Okay. Yeah. How did that come to be? I was talking to somebody at the front door, and then I, I was about to say my name. And then Jeff is right there, and then he's like, his name is Brown Magic. And I was like, what? And he's like, his name is Brown Magic. And I was like, oh, my name is Mandy. And he's like, don't give him your slave name. Your name is Brown Magic. <laughs> so then Brown Magic stuck, and that's how everyone in the bar knew me like Brown Magic. Oh, my God. Because yeah. I couldn't give out my slave name. <laughs> so. Even like, I mean, for me, it wasn't like a slave name, but even I was hesitant to give out my real name. I don't have any, I don't have my real name on any of my social media, but yeah. I was always very hesitant to say it. Like, I don't know if I just overthought it, like, oh, what if this person finds me? Like, that would obviously never happen. Yeah. From Especially from like a, a first year, of course. But I was always very hesitant to say my name. Yeah. You know? I don't really know why. Maybe I was being overdramatic. It was a big thing before licenses happened. Like, we would, Never give out a real name. Yeah, yeah. Or, I think the first bar that I worked at, the go-to was the, everyone called you Steve. Yeah. Everyone yeah, in was, the bar was, was Steve. Everyone was Steve, regardless. Steve. Yeah. Oh. What's and your name, Steve? It was all because there was a manager during the daytime yeah. whose name was Steve. Yeah. So whenever would someone would call in and complain, it would always be Steve who was actually working. and be like, oh, yeah, you know, Steve kicked me out and he was a fucking dickhole. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I didn't kick you out. Yeah. What are you even working last night? <laughs> Yeah. And it took a while for him to realize. Yeah. We were all just calling our, ourselves Steve. And then he finally realized it and just became a fucking joke. Did he care? No. No. What was he going to do? Beat us up? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, if I was in that position, I'd probably just leave it. I'm like, all these complaints don't have merit anyway. Who cares? Just keep going. Yeah. Keep saying Steve. Yeah. So I know, like, so back then it was a big thing that we, nobody ever gave their names. But yeah. now with social media being a bigger thing. Social yeah. media, your licenses, you have yeah. to give your name. So that makes sense. I give it in certain situations. Obviously, if there's a serious situation with like law enforcement, absolutely use my name, my number, everything. But just to some random patron, who random are you? Drunk. Who, who are you? You can't yeah. Email. yeah, I'm just gonna marry, and you're leaving. Yeah, that's basically it. You know. Fair. So is so one thing uh, would being a security guard is that something you'd recommend to people? Absolutely, absolutely. It well. Let me rephrase, because we, we mentioned earlier there seems to be a shift in how people were versus how they are. Yeah. It depends what you're trying to do. I would never, ever recommend it to somebody who I thought was just inherently angry or violent or prone to quick emotional reaction. And the reason for that is obviously for the safety of the people we have. Again, I mentioned it earlier, but this is a business. We don't do bouncing to hurt people. We do it to make sure everything's running smoothly, to make sure the bar makes money. The law is upheld. We go through that. So I would never want my backup being somebody who I think is going to dive in with an overhand right because I'm asking somebody politely to leave. Yeah. But if you're somebody who wants to transition into legitimate law enforcement, you want experience in communication, self-control, staying calm under pressure, absolutely. Now, let's say you don't want to do that and you're just somebody, you know, a business major. 
and you're like, I need some extra money. Well, yeah, bouncing. It works great with school. You can work on basically any assignment you have in the day and then just come at night. And the people you work with, it, it's amazing. It makes the job. I would definitely recommend it to people. Again, if, if I get a good feel that they're not going to be the bad apples that kind of ruin or create the stigma of what bouncing is. There is that stigma around it, and I don't want to be somebody who pushes bad people into that. That's fair. Yeah, that one guy. Do you remember uh, Angers? Yeah. 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 Guy would treat a he kick out. a big guy either. No, but he treated every kick out like it was a UFC fight. Yeah. Like he would ask somebody to leave. and you know, When I first started, he's telling me stories about like jumping off stage, punching somebody. I'm like, I don't want to work here if this is what it's like. I don't want to rock somebody. I want to ask somebody to leave and they leave. Yeah. I'm not a violent person. He's telling me about all these like, oh, I like choke this guy, right? Slam this guy. I'm like, what is this job I'm working, man? Yeah, none of that was here if it happened at all, but... Yeah, no, absolutely not. There was that one, but he was he was let go that night because of it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't even here for that one. No. But, yeah, I remember getting that phone call about it. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember being, like, worried. Yeah. Uh, they, ejected, they ejected one guy... He was out there for a little bit. Another couple of guys brought another guy out. That first guy then attacked. I think it was donuts. Don't it was donuts and like scratched down his chest like really bad. Yeah. And then they were kind of wrestling with him, and that guy they just brought out, um, kind of tried to jump in on the fight or something, and like barely touched Caillou. Caillou turned around and knocked him out cold, and then walked away. Yeah. And that was the big part is he just walked away with zero care. Yeah. And walked back inside like nothing happened. So that was my understanding. So that guy who attacked Donuts, we took him to the ground and uh, we we basically arrested him for, for assault. Evan had the guy down. This guy, to be fair to Evan, the assault, it, it, it wasn't like nothing happened. The guy did reach around Evan's neck. Yeah. Which is dangerous, absolutely. So Evan turned around and, and rocked him and knocked him out unconscious. But like you said, the issue was that he left. Yep. And I remember, I didn't hear the punch, but I heard his head hitting concrete. So I remember I was like, oh my god. So I'm about to run over there and see, like, is this guy okay? But I'm like, no, no, he'll do it, obviously. He just he just hit him. He has to check on him. Like, that yeah. was what you're taught in, in school with security. You know, you need a first aid. And then he, he walked inside. And I'm like, yeah. what? And then I think, I don't know if it was Donuts who went over and asked me if I could hold this guy down because Donuts was going to go check on him. Is uh, Donuts or Josh, I think, one of the Somebody went and checked on him. I'm like, oh, it was Josh. you're right, it was Josh. But I was, like, terrified because yeah. I, I heard his head hit the concrete, and I was like, oh, my God. And I, yeah. I was actually – I don't know if I ever told you this. I was, like, contemplating quitting that night yeah. only because I didn't know if that was the standard. I did not want to be involved in anything like that. But then I think it was Nicole who told me. She's like, no, we don't do that here. Evan has been asked to leave. That's not how we operate. And then it kind of brought me back down. I was like, okay, so that's not what this place is. Yeah. Things like that. Maybe twice in the I don't know, 17 years I was here. That's the only one I can remember. Because, like I said, most people are competent. Most people are smart, intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. If something like that happens, they're very quick to make sure everything's okay. I mean, but even then, I've never seen, like, bouncers throwing punches. It might have been before my time. It definitely been. was before your time. We threw punches back then. Yeah, yeah it was we're like uh, the movie Roadhouse. That was yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of what happened. I remember what. Being told to watch Roadhouse to figure out kind of what you need to what do. to do my first night, and 
Here, here's your manual. Watch Roadhouse. Do you remember the second <laughs> manual you told me? Boss Rootin? Boss Rootin. yeah. The Boss Rootin, like, self-defense yep. DVD. 100%. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> it is hilarious. Anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, which is probably the majority of you, YouTube Boss Rootin, um, self-defense, and look for one where he's in a bar. Um, I'll, I'll try and post a link on Instagram, so if you don't follow it, follow us. Bouncerpedia, and I'll, I'll put up the link. But it is hilarious. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's insanely funny. Like, to give context, I won't talk about the video. You should look it up. But Boss Rutten is uh, Pancreas, which is a, an MMA organization uh, champion. He was. He was also a UFC heavyweight champion. And when he retired, he came out with the most hilarious self-defense video ever created. It is a joy to watch. Yeah. Definitely, definitely very funny, and what what I enjoyed watching and telling new people to watch. Oh yeah, and I found like especially when when I was working, we were very like grappling oriented. Even when I got punched, I never punched back because I couldn't guarantee their safety. If I did, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. But with with grappling and grabbing wrists and, and shoulders and arms, you could really guarantee their safety. And that's the thing: people try to act like bouncers or goons, but in actuality, you could at least for me. I'm not talking about the whole industry, but for me. You could, like, rock me, and I won't punch you back because I don't yeah. want to hurt you. So I'll just... I was big into, like, putting people in locks. Oh, yeah, locks are massive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, last few years, security has been very well-trained in, oh, yeah. in different kind of, like, martial arts, MMA, things like that, where it's not just the, the brawler off the street coming in from 15 yeah. years ago, which we used to have. Yeah. Guys are doing Muay Thai for years. Yeah. And, like, very proficient with it. Yeah. So it's not just a random guy off the street now. That was one of the things I started here, so I never did a striking martial art. But, like you said, people are very qualified. So before I started working here, I had a college diploma, a college graduate certificate. I was at university. I was studying all the laws. So that was the, the intellectual side. But from the physical side, outside of just being large, I wanted, like, a martial art that I knew would be practical but again it was never my intention to hurt anybody so i started brazilian jiu-jitsu and i started using that here and i found it was incredibly easy to control somebody mm -hmm. and 99.99 percent of the time they never got hurt i can't think of a time where i hurt somebody yeah. using this stuff no if it is it's like a fluke thing where you're holding some guy and like they slip and yeah you pop a shoulder out or something of course but it's not like you intentionally no meant to hurt them and do something absolutely not no like i i know martial arts as well so i know how to defend myself yep. so it does help but as long as you don't like i did what i that you they do teach you striking and stuff like that but never did that I used all the lock stuff oh absolutely that was the easier thing to do nice thing about striking too if, if i was to ever do it definitely from like a defensive standpoint like someone yeah. throws a punch if you do a striking martial art you know how to block it you know bob and bob weave i don't really know how to do that so I usually just like hug them, hundred percent. Like that's just what I do. Get close. I don't, I don't have a big martial arts background, but I'm a lot stronger than most people. Yeah. So I can just grab you and kind of pick you up and make you do what I want you to do. Yeah. And that was a big thing of like, I will just pick you up and throw you on the ground. Yeah. And then literally just lay on you till you calm down. Yeah. Yeah, and, and from from that standpoint too, like everything we always did was always defensive. Like, I never went in just, like, grab somebody. It was yeah. always, like, I, I ask you to leave, and then when you 
try to fight me. It's like, well, now we got to yeah. elevate this a little bit. We never yeah. went into a fight and threw the punch first. No, to, no. To gain control. And... No, absolutely not. And it, I don't, I don't know if this is a, another misconception about bouncing, but there seems to be this idea that you can either fight a bouncer or attack a bouncer with zero repercussion. Yeah. Like somehow the second we put on the Dallas shirt, all of like our fundamental rights are gone. You can spit at us, you can throw drinks at us, you can punch us, we can't do anything because we're bouncers. You, you can't touch me. I have no. rights. Even if I wasn't a bouncer, like compare us to people in the street. Would you just walk up and punch somebody because they said you can't be on the sidewalk? Yeah. You go into an office building, they ask you to, the secretary asks you to leave, you're just gonna rock them? No, you don't yeah. do that. Well, everyone thinks you're in a bar, I paid money. Yeah, oh I can God. do what I want. That was the worst. It's like, you can't jump on the furniture. Why no. not? Would you jump on the furniture to your, your friend's house? Yeah. No. Why not? Well, it's my friend's house. Well, this is my house. Yeah. You're going to just jump on my furniture? Well, it's a bar. So? Okay. That means nothing. No. That doesn't mean you pay your cover and you can come do whatever you want. All rules are off. Yeah. Like, no. You still have to follow rules. Yeah. Yes, this is a place you come to drink, but doesn't mean you get to get drunk and hammered and pass out and do whatever you want. Yeah. There are still rules. We were usually pretty lenient. If somebody was having a good time, you know, they're, they're a little wavy, I'm like, yeah, okay. It's only when you hit that threshold where you can't take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. When it hits that level of well, you can't stand... We'd, we'd kick them out a little before that. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm not going to wait for them to, like, collapse. Yeah. But if I'm like, hey, you're nearing the point where you can, you're can, you having issues standing, mm -hmm. and you're falling into people for their safety and your safety, I'm going to ask you to go. There's never a goal to just kick people out just because. Have you ever found somebody in, in the bar just passed out? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, what did you do, or how did you take care of that? So, they were, I believe they were upstairs, actually, because uh, upstairs we have a lot of booths that people sit in. Yeah. And I found this guy sleeping, and I honestly just woke him up. And usually when people are sleeping or they get caught red-handed like that, like the person who throws the drink and I'm looking at them, or the person who, you know, steals mm -hmm. something. If I see them, most people, if they know they've been caught, like in this case where I said, you're sleeping, you can't sleep here, he's like, absolutely right, I'm going to head out. So that's that's usually what happened. Again, if you talk to people, you know, you, you can really convince people to do whatever you want yeah. within reason. You're lucky because I got a lot of the, you're sleeping. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I got that a couple times. I was but... resting my eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's I was looking best. at my phone. Your phone's in your pocket <laughs> yeah. still. I put it away. Yeah. I'm staying here for five minutes, man. Yeah. You were passed out. No. No, prove it. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, that was the worst. Like, like whenever they would try to do stuff like that, like I mentioned it earlier, but what's your reasonable grounds or prove that, or like, give me the exact policy yeah. number. It's like, we're not doing this. I know that it's a rule. I don't know the exact number that it's scheduled, but it's a rule. I know it's a rule. You got to go. Yeah. Yeah, you can't throw a cup of ice off the balcony yeah, into just, the crowd. Just call well, why not? Like, Cause that's a dick fucking move. As a reasonable human being, like, even, even without the laws or the policy, a reasonable human being would know what you can and can't yeah. do. Reasonable person, don't steal from us. Don't go to somebody's, uh, I don't know, establishment. Like, like you wouldn't go to a restaurant and just have a nap. You just wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, there's, there's rules that most people know that you shouldn't have to tell them. But working here, that definitely proves that common sense is, is not common. Not at all. No, especially with when a little bit of alcohol is involved. Oh, yeah. And then, like, weed was legal, and then... Remember those first few weeks where you here when the weed became legal? Yeah, and we had everyone. 
Yeah, yeah. everyone was smoking before they came in and then drinking. Yeah. That was so much vomit. And it's really yeah. funny, too, because I don't know if it was ignorance on their part or just maybe a bad kind of media PR thing by the government, but they would show up absolutely high out of their minds. And you could tell. And they're like, we want to come in. It's like, you're too intoxicated. They're like, I, I haven't had a drink tonight. No, 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 no. You have been smoking an insane amount of marijuana. Maybe. I don't know if you did anything else. But we still hold you to the standard that we do with alcohol. Yep. You can't be zombified and, and come in and now mix that with alcohol. You, we can't. Yeah, so true. everybody was under this assumption that weed was treated like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. We have one to come in. No, there's... Whatever your stance on marijuana is, regardless, there are, does have effects on you. Because of that, if we still think you're intoxicated with anything, it could be any drug, any drink, anything. We yeah. just want you in. Yeah, same as, as you, get, you get DUI. Yes, absolutely. You can still be too high to drive. Yeah. Just like you can still be too high to come into a bar. Yeah. Because you mix those two. You're gonna get stupid fucking hammered. You're already stupid high. Yeah. They don't mix very well. Especially the people who haven't done it in to, a long time, or high. they've done. Yeah, yeah they just had. Yeah, they may take a drag or two and then come have some drinks. That's fine, but they're in line smoking their their pen. Yeah. And just getting high as shit, and then coming and getting drunk as shit, and all kind of hitting them at the same time. Yeah. It, it was so bad. That was like. That was probably one of the worst weekends I can remember of. Just like everyone puking all over the place. Yeah, it was absolutely a nightmare for a while there. It was, uh, I mean, it was a gong show again. It, but it's one of those things where whenever something like that happens, whether there, there's a major policy change or a law change in relation to alcohol or drugs, you kind of have to go through that. Exactly. There's going to be that curve of exactly people get it out of their system and then it's ah whatever. And the only nice thing is that it happened early enough where these kids could at least go back to their friends or their possibly and say, hey, by the way, Dallas is now doing this with, with marijuana. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. And it, it, it's kind of like a, a virus, I guess, bad metaphor right now. But it goes around where everybody knows. Everyone talks about it, so you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. We had that issue with vapes, too. People, like, vape inside. Yeah. Like, oh, but it's not a cigarette. It's still a vape, though, man. It's, yeah, it's still classified. It's the same fucking thing. It's still Our signs on the door still say you can't fucking do it. But I, I didn't see that. I didn't read that. But that's, but that's the thing. Like, you don't have to. The sign is there, or, again, a common person knows. Even if, even let's say there was no sign. It's still against the law to smoke inside of a building yeah. right now. Like, Yeah, for pretty much your entire life, I'd assume yeah. it has been. Since I was a kid, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was born in the 90s, and the earliest memory I had was, like, the early 2000s, and you just knew you couldn't. See, just, I remember still going to restaurants and them asking if you wanted smoking or non-smoking. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, when, when people tell me that, it's something that, at least for my generation, it's so foreign. Mm-hmm. You couldn't even imagine, like, splitting Dallas in half. Go to the left if you want to smoke in the bar. Go to the right if you don't. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine that. I don't think in bars they split it up. I think it's just in restaurants. Just restaurants? Yeah. I think in bars, it was, you could smoke kind of wherever. But that, even smoking in bars was before my time. Yeah, well, you mentioned Roadhouse earlier. When you watch that movie, I'm pretty sure they're, like, smoking in the bar playing pool. 100%. A normal yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, like, oh, my God, the bylaw would be there in a heartbeat just shutting the place down. Yeah. <laughs> well, they wouldn't shut it down. No, but they'd hand up fines. Like, crazy. Fines coming up the fucking walls. Eh? Yeah. Now, if you could give yourself one piece of advice for when you first started. So if you could go back in time, be like, Scumberry, take this piece of advice. You're going to need it. What would that be? It took me some time to get, but I would reaffirm to myself that just be confident. 
there was a couple situations early on where somebody would try to fight me and I would freeze. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you went through some of these situations in college where you did practicals. You know, hey, if somebody comes at you or assaults you, here's like self-defense, whatever. But when you actually do it the first time, you're like, holy shit, and you freeze. So I'd say, you know, keep that in the back of your head, just relax. Because I was very, I don't want to say I was anxious or on edge, but I was very alert, but almost to a flaw. Yeah. Somebody would say something too loud, I'd like dart over them. What, what's going on? Somebody would swear. I'm like, oh God, is there a fight over here? Somebody would like talk to somebody in line and say like, fuck you. Like run over. Oh my God, is there about to be a fight? So I'd say, calm down. It's okay. Just breathe. It's not the end of the world. But that's one of those things that really comes with experience. You yeah. know? I don't want to say I became complacent near the end, but I will say I definitely calmed down. Yeah. You, you, you were able to take that split second of realize, nah, that's nothing big. I heard his tone. Yeah. Whatever. I, yeah. You, you, you see the signs. Like, I didn't hear, like, the little things before. I don't hear the gates, like, smashing. I don't hear that. I don't hear other people. Little things you pick up on after years of doing it. Yeah. I would definitely say, you know, take everything in stride and realize that what you're doing now is going to be so beneficial in the future. Think about how you communicate with people. Think about how you react when people are screaming at you. Think about how you just talk to patrons. Yeah. Not only just escorting them out, but just think how you talk to people online. Yeah. You know, the, the standard you hold yourself to. Just remember how important this will be in the future. Yeah. What do you think bars are going to be like when everything does open again? Do you think people are going to be hesitant to come to a bar? Or do you think it's going to be completely packed and everyone is going to come and just get so fucked up? Because the last two years of haven't had that experience of Dallas. They don't know what it's like. Yeah. But they they kind of maybe heard some stories of what it was like, and they want to experience it. I think it's going to be split down the middle. I, I don't want to say it's going to be extreme on either side. What I will say is, I don't know if you guys recall, but before there was the actual lockdown, before the lockdown was actually enacted by Ford, they already highly recommended that people don't go to Ezra for St. Patty's. Yeah. No one showed up. There wasn't a lockdown, but they just, they were so fearful they did not show up. Well, they, they shut it down. Oh, did they? No, they? Oh, I heard that they just didn't show up. No, no. Oh. The lockdown was, like, just before St. Patrick's Day. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could have sworn that they made No, that. it was, everything was locked down just before St. Patrick's Day. Oh, well, then on that the changed. Fourth, on the 14th. Oh, was it the 14th? was the 17th. Oh, then I changed my opinion then. I think the, the, the floodgates are just going to open. They're all going to They thought people in. would just show up anyways, yeah. so they still had police there, but. No one did? Nobody showed yeah. up. Yeah. And the problem is, especially in, in the region of Waterloo, where you have a, a college and two universities, now you're going on first and second years who have not experienced this city. A bar. A, a bar in, in itself, but the region of Waterloo specifically is, it is a student-run city, for 100%. lack of a better term. You can feel the difference, traditionally before COVID, in the summer months versus the year. It's like a ghost town. Yeah. So this is a very student-run region, and for them not to have experienced that King Street strip you know, with, with Phil's and mm -hmm. Pub and Becky's. Kind of uptown. Kind of uptown. For them not to experience that, but then in contrast, also not experience Dallas Fridays where the line has hundreds of people. We have 500 people inside. Everyone's having a great time. For them not to experience that, there might be a sense of when they do officially open, we need to go right now. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, there's going to be a split. Obviously, some people are going to say, I don't want to go until I have my, my vaccine, or I don't want to go unless everybody has a mask. But I will say, I don't think it's going to be a ghost town. I don't think it's just going to be gone 
think there will be. You think you think it'll pick back up sooner than later? It'll pick up. I don't know if I believe it's going to be at the extent of what it was right when everyone shut down. I don't think it'll be a cap, but I do think you're going to get specifically for Dallas because the size. It wouldn't be out of the realm of belief to think you're going to hit 200 people, maybe maybe 300. Maybe in September. Nothing like for the summer. No, nothing. Yeah, we'll be dead, but maybe in September. Those summer months here were pretty brutal. I'll be honest. I loved it with the people, but on door when you're doing numbers and it's like 79 people. And four months earlier, 700 people. It's like, holy crap. 700 is a quiet night. Yeah. Now it's like just begging for something. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. But yeah, you know, taking it in stride, I don't, I don't think it, uh, I don't think the bar industry is ever going to die in a city like this. It, they can't. There's just too many. And, it's, uh, you know. it's changed a lot from back in the day. We used to have a lot more bars. It was oh, a lot yeah? busier. Mm-hmm. And it's actually died down a lot. Really? Yeah. We probably have maybe... A fifth of the bars we used to have. And some were big bars, like Rev Flying Dog, where Rev could fit 1,500 people yeah. easily. And then Flying Dog, another 200 maybe. 500. Was Rev... Really? You could have 2,000 people in that place. <laughs> yes. And then, like, you still had 600 people in line waiting to go in. And other places, like a lot of places now that used to be bars are, like, grocery stores or some type of other type of restaurant. It's just yeah. a lot of things have changed. Yeah. With COVID, a lot of them have died off. And yeah. Like oh, Ch- yeah. Chainsaw, they're gone now. Yeah, Chainsaw, Chainsaw is opening up as, as a new one. And a beach resort thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the guys who worked here was actually part of one of the owners. Oh, nice. yeah. oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, Trent. Really? Yeah. And then what else? Starlight shut down, too, I saw. Yep. Uh, I don't know if this was because of COVID, but didn't night school shut down? Was that like a month before? It shut down before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they'll reopen, I think, as something else. Yeah, they, they opened as uh, the drink. The drink, Not yes. Really. Yeah. I remember Nicole messaged me saying she was, like, around the drink and to come meet her. I'm like, where the fuck is the drink? <laughs> like, the name was in my head, but I didn't know where it was. Yeah. But it took me a while to figure out what the fuck she was talking about. Yeah, that place is a little weird. <clears throat> never been. I've never been either. Nope, same. Alright, so anything else you want to add as we wrap this up? The only thing I'll add is if, if by chance you're listening to this and you don't know any of the people involved and you're a first or second year student, I just highly recommend looking at your reflection and really evaluating yourself to see if you can handle alcohol. And the reason I say that is because the amount of people we've had come in who think they can handle it and sooner rather than later they're fighting people, they're throwing drinks, they're just causing a ruckus. Just realize this will stay with you the rest of your life. If something happens and the law gets involved, this bad decision you made on your birthday will affect the rest of your life, whether you assaulted a bouncer or property damage or theft. And then the second thing I would say for those same people is know your laws and know your rules. The bouncers can touch you. They will ask you to leave, but they can touch you. They can remove you. And if you fight them, they can defend themselves the same as every other person is allowed to legally defend themselves. So just keep that in your head. Uh, that was very fatherly of you. But, well, <laughs> from working at all the bars, you just see first years constantly. And you have to re-educate people hey, every four hey, months. listen, man. If I pull my phone out, you can't touch me. Well, that's there, the there is now a barrier with yeah. my phone out. <laughs> like, again, it's, it's that uh, cops thing. Where just, they think they know. You guys think you know, but you don't know. That's it. 
So just learn. You, you'll go. probably have a better time if you know what you can and can't do. Sounds good. All right, so I'd like to thank you for coming on. Yes, Finally, after going us off twice. Yeah, my, my apologies. It's been a, an odd time in my life lately. But thanks for having me. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming. So we're going to have you on again in a few weeks. We're going to get a couple of the guys to come on the next ones, and then we're going to get together for group one, sit down, have a drink, maybe two. Not go as hard as the girls just did. They went pretty hard. That was a little bit excessive, but... Yeah, but... It's definitely good to have you. Good to see you again. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has. So. A very long time. And then I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, and stay tuned for the next one. Thank you, Mandy, for coming in, doing this with me. It's Anytime. always good to see you. Thank you as well for being thank a good you. co-host. With that being said, that's everything. And tune in next time.